Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Yeah! Yeah! ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko, live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. Hope everyone had a wonderful weekend. We are back. One game to go. Week 10 will wrap tonight on Monday Night Football. A game between the Bills and the Broncos, Yerk. The Bills lay in seven. 47.5 is your total in the game. How was your confidence pick uh, weekend? Was it good? Uh, horrific. Horrific. Yeah. Even with the big 16 Cincinnati. on the Bears? Even with the big 16 uh, on the Bears. Hurt you. Since he hurt me. And then mm. I had a couple down the line that hurt me a little bit. Lost about 10 and a 12-pointer. So did you have a big number on San Fran? We were big believers in San Fran bouncing back. They did did not. They did bounce back, but I I did not. And I told you the other day that I thought Minnesota with their defense was going to be able to get after quarterback Carr. You got that right, Yerk. I got it right on Friday, but on Tuesday I must have been thinking a different way. Oh no! Yeah, Yerko, I should have went back and changed it. I just oh oh, boy, yeah, Yeah, you said it on Friday. Yeah, you gave yourself the double cross. All right, I double crossed myself. Because uh, I, I had even yeah. said, well, Yurk, Yur, that's a bold statement because yeah. the sharp money was really all yeah. over New Orleans. So yeah. good for you, but that, that's too bad. No, I screwed up. I mean, I, I think I, I've got to wait now. I think I have to wait a little bit longer to see how injuries play out and the week plays out. But I like to get it done because sometimes I forget the closer I get to the end of the week, yeah. the more giddy I am about the weekend, you know, be able to stretch my legs a little bit. Have a cocktail or two. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got to go back and double check then, I guess. Yeah, that's the moral that's of the story. Shame on me. I'm going to have you know, as I look at the playoff standings now, five and four will get one team in in the AFC, and it won't get anybody else in. Bengals, Buffalo, Colts, Raiders. Those are two five and four and two five and five teams. They're on the outside looking in. Houston, Cleveland, Steelers, Miami, Jacksonville, Ravens, Chiefs, all in. Yeah. In the NFC... Six and four gets you in, but the next best team is the Tampa Bay Bucks at four and five. Mm-hmm. And they're two games out already. Yes. They're two games out already. It looks like the NFC is taking shape. The NFC is starting to come into form, if you will. It sure looks like Eagles, yeah. Lions, Niners, doesn't it? I oh, don't know. Yeah. I just don't I don't yeah. know how much of a believer I am in any of these those other teams. I like the Cowboys, you know. Uh, I need well, them to get to 10 for my over. Hey, the Saints at 5 and 5 are the one everybody will not, everybody can't wait to play the Saints. Of, of course not. Bring in New Orleans, of come course. on down. Yeah. Just, Bring QB Carr over. We want to play him ab- for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And Houston, as of right now, is a playoff team, like you just said, because of the head to head win over Cincinnati. Yeah. They're the seventh seed. What do you make of the Ravens' loss at home to the Browns? What the hell was well, that they had after lead, that too. big lead? Yeah, they had what the is lead with Harbaugh also? in the last year and a half with all these games in which they've built big leads and they failed to close them out, games at home? And, like, and they can run the ball. I think what happens is the adoration was coming from a thousand different directions and all the love was coming down Baltimore's way. Everybody was talking about Lamar Jackson, NFL MVP. All, mm. It's all starting, you know, all over again. And the minute everybody starts feeling great about you, and the minute you start feeling great about yourself, what happens? You get a lead in the game, and you fall asleep a little bit, and you kick, you get kicked right in the They were up 15, weren't yes, they? Yes, yes, Come yes. Come on, guys. Yes. I mean, at home, what are you doing, Baltimore? Yeah. So are they less of a team now than they were the other day because they lost after having a 15-point lead? That was the general consensus among yeah. some of the guys at my place. I said, I still think they're pretty good. Yeah. 
They're probably the number one power-rated team in the NFL. Was San Francisco less of a team you thought about after they lost three straight? After the field goal kicker missed the field goal? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So were they less of a team after losing three straight? Or is the, are the San Francisco 49ers still a pretty damn good team? I think they're pretty good. You know when they're really good? When Debo and Trent Williams are playing. Yes. They're really good. Well, especially to tackle. Because I mean, the pressure it, came The pressure came when Trent Williams went down. Yeah. I think that they're really good when they've got their yeah. guys healthy. It's easy. As, of course, everybody is. But I think they operate at max efficiency when they've got especially those couple of guys on the field. Purdy bounced back. He really did. He played well. The throw he made to Kittle was fantastic. Um, it really was exceptional. Debo's just always so scary whenever he's on the field for opposing defensive coordinators. There's just so much that goes into trying to figure out how Shanahan's going to unlock him and use him. And I think he puts a lot of stress on defenses and defensive coordinators. So when those guys are in and healthy, yeah, they're awfully good. And now having Chase Young on the other side, Yerk, boy, Nick Bosa is just a freaking terror, isn't he? I mean, yeah. he is something. He'll get after And now him. having Chase Young on the other side, even he made his presence felt yesterday sure. in his first game. With the 49ers. So, no, I think that's uh, – they're a pretty good team. I think it's those three and everybody else. Yeah, the Ravens are a little bit tough to figure how they blew that one yesterday. The Steelers did it again. They were outgained again. They're the only team in history this late in the season to be outgained in every game and to have a winning record. Not only do they have a winning record, what, they're 6-4, and four, right? Yes. Uh, uh, right? They're 6-4? and four? Do I have their record right? Yeah, Pittsburgh Steelers, 6-3. Six 6-3. And three. Six and three. They have it their six bye. I'm sorry. 6-3, I knew that sounded wrong. They're 6-3. and three. They've been outgained every game. They got outgained again yesterday. They've been outgained by more than 96 yards per game this season. They they didn't have a touchdown in the second half. And they won that game. There were zero touchdowns, period, in the second half of that game. That was one of those snoozers. They have won, I think, including this one, nine straight one-score games. After being, well, I can out, see that when you're constantly outscored. Out, how do you outgained after you're constantly outgained? outgained yeah. Excuse me, when you're constantly outgained, how their, do you, their victories have been you know 26, 22, 23, 18, 17, 10, 24, 17, 2016, 23, 19. That's crazy. They've lost by 10, they've lost by 24, and they've lost by 23. It's crazy. So there you go. I, they lost to the 49ers, the Texans. That's when they got walloped. Yes. and everybody thought that they were just awful. Yeah. And then they lost to the uh, Jaguars. The other thing I thought about this weekend was uh, Justin Fields getting back. I hope it happens. I want to see Justin again. So do I. I know uh, what they've got. I think they know what they've got in Beijing. It was a fun story. It is. And the kid's a good story. He'll be a backup in this league for a long, long time. And good for him. Uh, he's from a, a Division two school. He was undrafted. But like Yurko says, once you prove you can play at an NFL level, you've proved it. Like, yeah. T- you're People there. will take him seriously. Yeah. He, he's a lot better than Tommy DeVito, I'll tell you that. Like, I'm kind of not sure how he's, he's hanging around in this league, but okay. Bajan proved that he, he's going to be a capable, trustworthy backup for a long time in this league. I want Justin Fields to play. It'd be nice if Justin Fields went out and balled over the final six weeks. Six weeks? Seven weeks. Six, six weeks, too. thought, man. Good, Good weekend for you. Good weekend. Good. Congrats. Uh, it'd be nice to see him go out and ball out the last seven weeks of the season. Maybe I don't know. Maybe see if he could start to change the Bears' minds if it's been made up one way or if their minds have been made up one way or another. I want Justin back. I want to see him, for better or worse, quite frankly, or is the best way I can put it. I want to see Justin Fields back on the field, and I think that'll start this weekend in Detroit. And I hope it does. Yeah, and that's uh, my whole prediction about the Bears winning outright and taking the money line play at plus 390 is if Justin Fields is back. Justin Fields got to be the starting quarterback for that prediction to come true. That's a fair caveat to, yes. to put in there. Thank yeah, you. I understand you. Joe's in Wheaton on ESPN 1000. Hey, Joe. 
Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Uh, my question was, we had an argument at work today. Uh, what does the NCAA playoff committee do if Oregon, Bama, and Texas all went out right? Great question. Thanks. Uh, I think it's, boy, if they all went out, I think it's Oregon or Bama. Well, I don't know how you could say that, though, when Texas won at Alabama. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to. All right, we got it. We'll, we're going to circle back to that. It's a good question. And I want to talk to Bleck and Abdal about it. Here's Matty Refluce. Uh, just a little in the bit media. of individual, um, just to get the guys moving around. And uh, that was good. A little special teams to start, just to get a preview of the Lions. And then we did a walkthrough uh, at the very end, uh, split offense and defense. So that was good um, as well. Um, also, uh, with the injuries uh, updates, again, that'll be on Wednesday. I'll give the injury report out on Wednesday for that. really don't have any updates uh, further than what I gave uh, last time, and that's where that is. And, again, we'll update you more on Wednesday. Uh, with the, uh, you know, the bye week, your mini bye, you know, what we do is a self-scout. And we look at each other, you know, offense and defense, uh, and look at the individual, how they can improve, how we can improve our scheme. Um, uh, you know, it's very important that we do that. Again, we do that every single week. We're always self-scouting. Uh, but uh, it's good to go ahead and reflect back in the last five or six games to see if there's any tendencies, any looks that you have that you can play off of um, in your scheme. So that's, uh, that's an important thing to do. Um, and more important, like I said, the individual. You know, we always do this every single mini-buy or bye week We get two or three things that each guy can work on. Um, and those individuals were uh, curtailed to that improvement uh, today. And it's always uh, the partnership of the coach and the player and the player and the coach to get that done. So that was good to see that. Um, and, again, I always look at those things. I visit with the players about those periodically during the week to see how their checkpoints are and how they're improving on those things uh, because we put a big emphasis on that because that's what wins games, right? Fundamentals and technique wins football games, and it's about the individual really doing a great job with those fundamentals and techniques. Um, again, rest and recovery this weekend. I thought it was good for the players. Uh, you know, uh, the mental rest and the, and the recovery of the physical body uh, also was really good for those guys at that time. You know, I talked to the guys at the team meeting today, you know, during, you know, the last six games, you know, we're three and three. The three wins that we did have, you know, the positivity of that was, you know, we had zero turnovers in those games and the turnover margin was plus five. And that's a big reason why we won the, those football games, you know, and the sack numbers were good on both sides, too. Um, you know, so that was a good uh, thing to look at, you know. And then really the last uh, six games, if you add up the, the numbers, you know, the scoring defense has been really well. You know, we've been fourth in the league during that time. Uh, the run offense and run defense, again, has been, you know, third and first um, in the league. And then the third down percentages are really good, both in the top ten uh, during those games. And, and that was the reason why we're in. Uh, most of those games had a chance to win you know, three of those and, uh, you know, a chance to win the fourth and, you know, potentially another one there as well. But uh, uh, that was really good as well. Uh, with that, I'll open up to questions. When we talked to Andrew Janoko last week uh, about Justin, he was saying that he'd be watching the throws to see if there's any wobble. or I think the word he used was flap. Uh, how have Justin's throws looked to you? Yeah, you know, we're, again, evaluating that as we go. Um, I think they look good. Um, I think he's in a good spot. Um and, again, we'll know exactly where we're going to be probably more on Wednesday. Um, I don't really have any more updates than that. But in terms of him throwing the ball, it looks to be uh, good. Was he able to do everything in practice today? Was he a full? He was, he was out there practicing. Really, like I said, we only had individual. That's all we had was individual today. Uh, worked through that and, uh, you know, going from there. Has he been medically cleared now? Like I said, I'll update the injuries on Wednesday.
So Matt, you, you guys were not able to make a determination today whether or not he'll be able to start Sunday? Yeah, we just need more time. You know, we need teamwork. You know, we need that, and we'll eventually get there. Uh, we're just not there right now. What will the teamwork show you that you haven't seen yet? Well, just functioning in the game of football, you know, and that's that's a big part of it, and that's really the only update I have. But uh, you know, once we see him in the game of football, you know, in terms of going against the scout team and all that stuff, and you know, taking snaps and playing full speed, and then we'll we'll t- make a determination. We're just not there today. What feedback is Justin giving you guys when you talk to him after practice and say, "How's it feeling? How's the throw? How does the throw feel?" Yeah, I mean, there's like I said, there's really no other update. Uh, he's been positive the entire way. Um, he's always going to be positive. He's a, he's a worker. Um, you know, he's always optimistic uh, with where he's at, and he feels like where he's, he's at a good spot right now. So, again, we'll know more once we get the teamwork done. What do you mean by good spot? Just mentally where he is, a good spot where he is, and uh, that's where he is right now. Matt, when, if and when Nate Davis gets back in the mix, what decisions does that leave you with as you try to figure out where he fits, how Tevin's played on the right side, and all those things. Yeah, yeah, the combinations there are going to be a discussion that we have to have for sure. You know, uh, Nate's a good player, you know, and Cody's a good player, and, you know, Tevin's a good player. So it's a good problem to have, um, but we'll look at it and put our best five out there. We're going to put out there for the Lions. You see Nate as flexible enough to play either side in the interior? Yeah, I see both. I see really all three, all three guys being able to flip and play. We just got to figure out the best combination, who's next to who, and what gives us the best spot. What are you expecting to be better about your offense once Justin is back? Yeah, I would say that, you know, like I told you before, you know, the experience factor, him being in there, understanding the uh, the whole offense, which Bajent, of course, like as we have discussed, was able to chunk a bunch of information, and we're, we're certainly pleased where he is. Um, but being that, you know, he's been through it a whole year, understands the concepts, um, you know, really that's, I'd probably say that is part of it. And then the ability to uh, stretch the field vertically and horizontally in the run game as well. Um, and then ha- having to be able to really focus on, in the passing game, the ability to run you know, uh, you know, in a drop back pass or in a boot situation. So, and really hurt you that way. So there's a lot of things that he, he brings to the table. And, uh, and again, when he's healthy, he'll be back. He'll be our starter. And uh, we'll see where it is. Has his time not playing made you appreciate him even more? those things that you were just explaining. Yes, really appreciate both guys. You know, uh, appreciate the young guy coming in for what he did and also appreciate Justin, you know, for what he brings to the table. You know, uh, obviously he, his uh, best game of this year was the Washington game. You certainly, you know, point back to that game. And, and uh, man, it was a heck of a game to watch. And, you know, he really did a nice job of managing that game, you know, really delivering, you know, to our skill and letting those guys run. And uh, during the course of that game, and obviously DJ was a big highlight of that, and our ability to run the ball as well was good. That's the blueprint, right? I mean, is that the level that you are looking for, the Washington game, out of Justin Fields every time he goes out there? Is well, that- I mean, anytime a guy performs at a high level, that's where your mark is. You know, you want to always shoot for that. You know, and that's a big part of it, really, in anybody. You know, anybody's performance. I'm sure DJ, DJ would point to that game, too, and say, yeah, I wish I played like that every single game. So. You guys talked about with Justin over the past month when he's been out as far as things from those first six games that you want him to clean up and tighten up when he's back? Yeah, really just I'm not going to get into details of each guy um, or into Justin about what we talk mm-hmm. about, what improvements are, uh, where they need to improve on, because you know, that would be a long list to each guy. You know, with Hey, there's two things in the run, two things in the pass, and that's how we focus our attention on. But uh, just fundamentals and technique, you know, really of, of his position. And that's what we're focusing on each guy. You guys spend a lot of time on that the past month while he's been out because I know he's been staying dialed in and everything, but he is a little more free to work on stuff like that and to 
almost like a year-end or a bi-week type review of his first six games. Did you guys yeah, use certainly. that month? Certainly we do that with all our injured players. You know, the guys that are injured that are out, you have time to reflect, go back and look at your tape. You know, how do you improve and look at your body and work that you've done this thus far? And uh, we did that with everybody. Everybody does that. And that's an important part of getting better. You know, how do you utilize your time when you're uh, during injury uh, to keep your wind up, number one, you know, keep your conditioning level up and have the ability to rehab that body part, whatever that is, but also mentally really focus on your, your job, how you can do it better. And really it comes down to the fundamentals and technique of your position. And, uh, and it's about the details of that. You getting with your coach and partnering with your coach to be able to get that done. Matt, this, this offense that you go up against on Sunday is pretty potent, maybe as good as any you've seen. What, what is the initial thing that jumps out to you when you start to see why they've been as productive as they I would say balance, you know, the ability to distribute the ball, you know, and, and if you look at their production, uh, where it comes from, um, you know, obviously the backs are a big part of what they do. Uh, the addition of the new back that they have, um, obviously an explosive player uh, with Montgomery. I think that's a really uh, a yin and a yang type of situation, really good for them. Um, obviously the, uh, the the rising of their, their tight end, um, Laporta, I think he does a really good job uh, in that offense. You know, and then their receiving core. You know, you got St. Brown, who's a big part of their production as well. And, uh, and those guys being able to distribute the ball to those guys equally. And uh, that's, that's what makes it so hard to defend. Jim Gibbs, what, what, what have you seen on him as a rookie in terms of a guy who's really kind of seemed to hit a springboard here recently? Yeah, just the explosiveness. The same thing we saw when he was coming out. You know, we, we all went down there and visited with him, and uh, we certainly, uh, you, know, you know, really liked his tape coming out and the explosiveness that he brings, you know, in the screen game, in the run game, the, the cutback ability, the ability to circle your defense and bounce it outside. Um, you know, so, yeah, I would say that. When, when Justin went down, you guys were still trying to figure out your offensive identity as a whole. You guys have kind of figured that out since he's really been out. How do you expect that to help him when he comes back? Do you guys kind of know who you are more than when he went out? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, again, I think that the offense is going to be, you know, where it is, you know, based on the talents that we have available to us, you know. So I think that, you know, when there's an injury at receiver, running back, you know, you kind of curtail your offense to that. It's no different for the quarterback. You know, we're going to curtail it a little bit, you know, for, for Justin and to fit his style. What does that mean? It means, okay, we're going to bring back the quarterback runs. We're going to bring back the keepers. We're going to bring back the different things that we've done, you know, with Justin that are effective. And, uh, and to go from there. But, again, if it was, uh, you know, Nate was starting for us, we'd do the same thing with him. You know, so it's important that we enhance the skill levels of, of, our, of our players. Did you hear back from the league on uh, – did you hear back from the NFL on the DJ Moore offensive pass interference calls? I have not heard back yet. How, how did you guys use the, uh, the mini buy or whatever you want to call it with Montez? I know he came in. It was kind of a whirlwind. There's not a lot of time to get his bearings. Yeah. Were you guys able to use – some of this extended break for that, or was he just? Yeah, certainly, he's no different than anybody else. You know, he's he is different than everyone else though, because he got traded. Yeah, you're like a week. Me. So what do you? What's your? What's your point? Montez has had to catch up in a way that not everybody else has. Oh, now I got you. Get yeah. Extended break with Montez. Certainly. Work with him on the scheme and everything like that. So it is different than everybody else. What did you do with Montez in this situation? To yeah, just just. Yeah, just working with uh, Travis, you know, and Hines extra, you know, and they've been doing that. They've been working with him all the way to catch him up, and he's done a good job with that. He's super smart. Um, obviously a big talent. You saw all the pressures that he gave us, you know, uh, last Thursday night, and uh, he's going to continue to do that. So, yeah, just catching him up and doing a good job with that. Matt, we saw Justin's hand was, was wrapped. Is that just athletic that, tape? Uh, we saw Justin's hand was wrapped at practice. Is that just athletic tape right now? Yeah, he's like he said. We're, he's tried different things. He, you know, he started with a glove and he, you know, cut the thumb out and all that sort of stuff. And that's just another way that he feels comfortable with the throwing hand.
Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. All right. There's Matt Eberflus. So no uh, update. They don't have to give an injury report until Wednesday, so you didn't get one. Uh, I don't know what to think just yet, but uh, something tells me they're... Justin's trending towards a return with this extended time. We're really going to know more in a couple of days, Jerk, uh, because you're not, not right. going to get it. Right, you won't find out until Wednesday. Yeah, we're not going to find out until Wednesday. Right? Yeah, and that's fine. I'm a patient man. Yes. Yeah. Football tonight. Nice uh, chance to take a deep breath tomorrow. Got college basketball tomorrow at the United yeah, you're Center. You're going, right? I'm going, yeah. Cousin Gogo. Johnny Roundball. From Lansing, Michigan, who's a Michigan State alum, mm-hmm. goes to me last week. Hey, you're a kid. You need tickets? He goes, I can't go. All right. I go, you can't go. Oh, of course I'll take him off your Yurko hand. Yurko loves college hoops. Second row. Look at you. Second row. The Great good kid's going to be there. I'm going to I'm going to smell the sweat. We can't get him to go to a Bulls game. Hey. He's going to the college basketball tomorrow. I'm going to swell. Uh, Two games, I'm, right? I'm going to smell the, the sweat of uh, Coach Krzyzewski. Uh, not Coach it's Chris Collins. Collins. Do you think Yurko leaves the game early it's and then comes Chris back Collins. and leaves the second game uh, early? I'm Tommy Amaker. Are you are you talking about the Duke head coach? Yeah, John Duke, Shire. Tom, Tommy Amaker. John Shire. Yeah, the local product. That's what I meant the whole time. John Shire. He's like, no, I know. It's not yeah. Krzyzewski. It's Duke. No. It's Chris Collins. Yeah. No, not Chris Collins. Tommy Amaker? No. Bobby Hurley? No. It's got to be one of those best. former Dukies, right? Oh, my God. John Shire. I'm going to be there. All right. Quick break. We're coming right back. 312-332 ESPN. <laughs> we'll be right back. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Great council met the media today. We're going to play some of that coming up just after 1.30. Yurko, would you uh, allow me the opportunity to give a shout-out? Please do. Please what, do. What direction you're heading it's on It's weird to give a shout-out for someone... A shout-out to congratulate someone in a program while at the expense of one of our teammates. Oh. But that's what I'm about to do, and it's a little hard. Let me hear this. Jason McKee, who's a great teammate of ours, coaches Carmel Mundelein. Yeah. They lost to Naz in the, I believe it was the quarterfinals this weekend. I believe you're right, Kerr. Nazareth Academy, uh, not far from where I live, but just about two miles away. And uh, even before I lived where I live now, before you were there, uh, I've had a long-standing friendship uh, with a fine gentleman named Keith Lukes. And uh, Lukes is one of the defensive assistants on the NAS football staff. Sure. And so, at the expense of Jace McKee and the wonderful job that he's done coaching Carmel Mundelein, a shout out to Coach Lukes and all the other coaches. I think Tim Recky. I hope I have his name right. I think he's the head coach at NAS. Uh, congrats on an upset win over. Carmel Mundelein this past weekend in the state quarterfinals and in class 5A they will be moving on so congrats to Naz and I wanted to give Keith a little shout out not, not that he asked for it but he was giving right. me the, uh, the the play-by-play Saturday and he had nothing but kind words for coach McKee and the rest of that staff in the Carmel Mundelein program he said it was a great game he said it was like just a great playoff high school football game and Naz was victorious so congrats to uh Keith and the entire coaching staff. So and who, as Naz plays, who's Naz play? I, I don't know. Off the are they eight A? I got the bracket no, right here. Five A, I believe. I, I'm pretty Nazareth sure is five. I believe they're five A. Yes. Yes. Oh boy! All right. And they won twenty twenty-one uh, seventeen. Carm, we're in the semifinals now. Yes, that was a quarterfinal victory. Loyola plays York Dukes in eight A, 
And Lincoln Way East plays the Barrington Broncos mm-hmm. in 8A. What about 5A? Well, I've got to go there, Carm. I mean, geez. They are both in 5A, Yerk. 5A. Well, I understand that. i got to go back to 5A. I went to 8A because that's where the big programs are at. 5A. St. Francis Spartans out of Wheaton, Illinois against Nazareth Academy. St. Francis. Oh, yeah. that's a big clash. And okay. Joliet Catholic, the Hilltoppers. Going up against Good. Providence Catholic. Tom, oh, how He's about that showdown? That's wow. a showdown. Tommy Thayer's going to be excited. You kidding weekend. me? Providence Catholic and How far away are from, uh, from each other are they? That's not even that far away. Uh, 50, I don't know. My heavens. They can't be that far away. That's going to be a boy. Ever. Ooh, what yeah. a semifinal weekend. Wheaton against LaGrange. All types of good stuff we, happening, Carm. Wheaton's playing well, LaGrange. Well, we'd be, listen, if we're going to cover LaGrange high school is, sports. Is they playing LT? What? Who's LaGrange? LaGrange. LaGrange. That's a, are you saying LT? Is that LT? No. That's not what I'm saying at all. You're making me go back. Is that what you're going to do? I don't know any this LaGrange guy. high school. But it 5A. What's LaGrange? Saints, it's Wheaton and Nazareth Academy is in LaGrange Park, oh, Illinois. Oh, I'm sorry. I oh, mean, okay. I thought you were saying uh, uh, somebody's going to get popped here. And you know what? Like, there's no you. LaGrange High School. No, I yeah, agree. Yeah. I agree. Gotcha. 7A now. Finally got a little downstate <laughs> representation. <laughs> like, no, you got to give love to the high schools. <laughs> yeah, All right? but- I'm giving love to the high school. Carmen's clarifying what you were saying. Uh, There's get, no I need to you. say he's going to get popped. No, he's going to get popped. And by being popped, I, I, might just to, get, I, might, I might just give him a soda. I, I just wanted to give him that way. Uh, Normal out. Community College, our first downstate representation there in the semifinals. Community College? I thought we were talking about high school players. Community High School. What are you talking about? <laughs> normal Community High School. What oh, are you talking you said normal about? Normal Community College. No, I didn't. Downers Grove North. The they Trojans, yeah, the Trojans, a lot of good football. Yeah. Going up against Batavia. Oh, wow. Batavia and Chicago Mount Carmel big, right here. Big one. On 63rd, the men of Carmel. They're going to represent. By the way, Caravan. they do call themselves the men of Carmel. Do they? Yeah, Chicago right. Mount Carmel. Well, oh, that's the high schools out there still alive. Go, good luck to you in the semis this weekend. Go now, get them. You, you want to stop now? There's no stopping I, now. We have to break. So. No, we're not breaking nothing. I'm going to break you <laughs> if I get a chance. Lake Zurich. Woo-woo. Kerry Grove going up against oh. East St. Louis. Always tough. What a matchup. And the Washington Panthers from downstate Washington. Awesome. Now I'm done. We only did 5A right. to 8A. Good all job, right? Yerko. Way to good. represent. Other high schools are saddened, though, because yeah. of you. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Craig Council met the media today. Who cares? We'll play some- <laughs> He's not a high school player. We'll play some of that. Plus the other buzz that's interesting around the Cubs. <laughs> what are you doing? This offseason. I fired him up just talking high school football. What are you, do- what are you doing? Uh, we'll play some Craig Council coming up next. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. There's uh, some growing buzz out there, Yurko, that the Cubs are front and center in the Otani sweepstakes. I mean, they finished second last time. You buying it? You feeling frisky as a Cub fan? Um, Feeling excited? uh, I am not. No? Yeah. But there was a more kind of uh, circumvent way, a securitous way, some way that kind of had a little bit of a stench of... (laughs) You know, going after a guy's job already. If oh, there's a way God. to do it that way, I think we'd have a better chance. Oh, here we go. But since it's got to be above I, board, I, since I, it's got to be all above board, 
I think they find a way to lose to the L.A. Dodgers. So my prediction is the L.A. Dodgers is where he wants to go and where he's going to stay. And it's where they're going to pay him the most money because they don't care about money. I was with a group of uh, our friends on Friday night for a little while. Uh, Sylvie, his lovely wife, Jesse Rogers, his lovely wife, Jim Pastor. His lovely former, wife. No, just Jim. Jim okay. and... Uh, and uh, a couple others, uh, we, and uh, I'll explain more on that maybe in a minute. But um, I said it's going to be fabulous, uh, not as a bitter Sox fan, if the Cubs struggle out of the gate in April, just to hear Yurko rant. Oh, yeah. And every time Jesse calls in, I said Yurko's going to zero in. I said, Jesse, I, I, was, I was in Jesse's house. In his home, and I said... In his lovely ab- where his, abode. Where his kids play with yeah. their toys. Yes. I said, Jesse... I said, you know, if they're like 10 below on May 1st, every time you come on with us, you're getting destroyed. Yeah. How can it be? How can it be? <laughs> and we were all laughing hysterically. Yeah. Well, and I said, I just, I'm, I swear to you, it's not uh, like has anything to do with being a Sox fan. I just want Yurko to be filled with piss I, and vinegar going after. I thought Craig Council was going to no. fix all their problems. I don't like listening to press conferences a lot, but I spent a little time listening to today's press conference. Yeah. Well, can I play and, some of it? In and, a and the most interesting aspect I heard was somebody asked him a question about managers and their effect on winning and losing ah. and how to quantify it. Yes. And I found his answer to be quite intriguing. Hmm. So, I mean, it actually was informative. Adam didn't cut that one, but it is interesting. Well, it's a good one. Like, what is the manager really responsible for? Here is Council. We'll play a few things uh, walking into Wrigley Field for the first time as a Cub. Here he is. You walk into, you know, Wrigley today, the first day as a Cub, and it, it already starts to mean something. Uh, you walk into the history, you walk into the energy. Uh, you walk into a place that, like, you already know it demands your best. And that feeling is, is just a feeling that, that I need to have and I love to have, and I, I love that to be a part of, like, my daily life. And so it, that that feeling exists right now is, is, is really, really special for me um, and makes me so, so excited. It really does. Here he is on uh, what Joe, uh, Jed, excuse me, sold him on uh, to convince him to come here. You know, truthfully, Dead, Jed's vision was really just of kind of, the, to me, the health of what we look like going forward. Um, and this this process was was fast. I, I don't know that I didn't, I've joked with Carter already that um, I don't know much about the Cubs. Um, and But I believed in how Jed sold the vision, absolutely. Um, and that was impactful to me. Um, and, you know, I know enough about the city, the franchise, um, the history, um, the, uh, just baseball in general, that I, I know how it works, you know. And, and so the vision that he presented of kind of excitement and where where the franchise is at kind of in, in – on a big picture level, um, you know, we've, we've still got to get a lot of decisions right. You know, you've got to get a lot right still. <laughs> but but uh, it, it's, it's a really healthy place to start. And finally, uh, his conversation with David Ross. Apparently he did reach out to David Ross. Here's Craig Council earlier today. David is a very good man. Um, you know, David texted me probably before the news broke here. 
Um, and, and I called him back immediately. Um, we had a, what I think is a very good conversation um, that, that gave me, I've always had great respect for David, that gave me the ultimate respect for David, uh, the way he handled the conversation. So um, this is a, you know, part of this business is really difficult and it's really cutthroat. And as a player, I've lived it, David's lived it, um, every player lives it every day. Um, but um, I, I respect the heck out of David Ross. Uh, it's just a little sampling of Craig Council earlier today. You know, I I, I like the, the way Cubs he said reached that. out to him. I respect the hell out of David Ross that he kept his office nice and clean for me. I don't know. I don't see it as I don't know if we see this quite in the same way. I mean, the Cubs reached out to him. The Cubs reached out to Craig Council. Is he not supposed to go after that job because somebody else has it? Every single day in every walk of life, stuff like this happens. It does. It's probably hap- it's happened to me. It's probably happened to us. Probably happened to you. Every single day. I've been fired twice. Do you cry about it? I've been fired a third I, time. I know you have been. Yeah. You're like, we've been replaced before. You've done it. You've talked about the stories. Yep. And so, like, that's the world. Is you know did Craig Council did if anything would you argue the Cubs did a little something dirty you know by David Ross by going after someone else maybe but I don't think Craig Council did anything wrong and when approached for a job that all of a sudden seemed intriguing where they were going to pay him a whole lot of money I don't blame him for saying I'm interested and I'll talk to you and ultimately I'll take the job I I just I think that's life it's a big boy world out there I mean and and. I think most people get that, and the Cubs saw an opportunity to upgrade. Um, as long as it's always a big boy world. Well, I think it is, isn't it? Okay. I mean, as long as it always is. I don't mind it being a big boy world. Big girl world, too, I should say. Big boy and Do it whichever way you want. <laughs> it's a big both. <laughs> did you see Megan Rapino went down with an injury? I did not. Final game of her career? That sucks. She went down with an injury? I did not. That's uh, just nobody around either. Just... Oh, like a yeah, uh, not contact type thing. Oh, yeah, I did terrible. not see that. That's terrible. Sucks. She didn't get her final day. Well, that sucks. Yeah, she got her last day here a couple like a month ago. Um, let's grab a few more calls. Let's do it. Yeah, and, thanks for that, Yurko. Well, what, what, what was that? What did that have to do with anything? Went off of him, me saying it's a big boy world. He I said, said it's, it's a big, a girl, big world girl world too. World. Then it thought made me think of the young lady that yeah. has done so much for the girls out there, which yeah. is Megan Rapinoe. It flashed back in my mind that she went down with an in- injury, unfortunately. Last game, uh, in uh, it was a championship game that she's never won before. Oh, that so, does suck. Yeah, so that kind of stinks for her, doesn't that it? That does suck a little mm. bit. Uh, thoughts on council football from the weekend. Uh, I want to kind of circle back to the caller we had right before Eberflus came on. My too. mind works in a weird way. It sometimes. does work in a weird way. We know that. He had a good question about the college football playoff and what happens if Bama, Texas, and Oregon all went out. 312-332-3776. Sales in Connecticut. Go ahead, Sal. Hey, a couple of points. Uh, if you take a look, the uh, New York Giants and New England Patriots play in two weeks. Ah, yes. uh, worst case, uh, those two teams might end up tying, so it might hurt us. But if you also look at Carolina, the only winnable game on their schedule they have is uh, Green Bay. Also, I, I think the, uh, Arizona is going to probably win a couple of games as, as, as well. But that's the only game that scares me is uh, Green Bay and uh, Carolina. Um, also on the uh, second point, 
with uh, Ryan Poles. I think he's made his decision that he's going to move on from Justin Fields. He sees how C.J. Stroud is playing, and if he has the number one pick, I don't think he wants to miss out on another C.J. Stroud uh, next year because that'll be the end of him. Right now, he, last year he had the excuse of staying with Justin Fields. This year, Justin Fields should be ready at the level of C.J. Stroud. And if I'm Justin and the Bears are not committed to me, why come out and play? It's not like uh, any teams are going to give him any less or in a trade. I, why, why risk any injury? I would just sit out and, and let Ryan Pohl say, hey, Justin, you're my starting quarterback no matter what happens in the next seven games in, t- in September 2024. I think he'll play because I think that he can raise his value, actually, Sal. I would disagree with that. I think there's a lot of incentive for him to get out and play, whether it's to convince the Bears or another team. So I don't think he'll just shut it down. That'd be a bad look anyway. Uh, as far as he's right about uh, that that um, Panther schedule. Now, in the NFL, again, like the Panthers beat the Texans a couple, years ago, a couple weeks ago. Now, probably lined up nice. You know, they're coming off a bye, a little extra time. They changed coordinators at that point, or um, I shouldn't say that. They, they changed play-calling duties uh, that weekend, and their defense played well uh, against the Texans, and they won. But their next four games are versus the Cowboys – at the Titans, at the Bucks, and at the Saints. So three straight road games. I mean, you hope they get out of that with only one win. You hope none. But, yeah. you know, in this league, you probably win. Uh, they probably win a game or two maybe right. again here down the stretch. And if they can get out of that next four with just uh, one win, I think you take it because the Bears are going to get that pick. And the race is on to see where it's going to be. And you got to track the teams like the Giants, the Patriots, maybe Arizona, uh, and the page, and the uh, Panthers right now. Three one two three three two ESPN. If you want to ring us up, we got a few more uh, minutes for phone calls coming up. Then we'll cross talk at two. When we're done, it's Waddle and Sylvie, and then Black and Abdallah tonight. And the guys are back out and about with another football night in Chicago, uh, Southside. They're in Mokina. TJ Edwards will be their guest. They're going to be on six to eight at JMO's live in Mokina. So go see him and have a nice cold Miller light or two. Watch some Monday Night Football and listen to Black and Abdallah with TJ Edwards. He'll join them for the final hour of the program. We'll be right back. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. Take it and then come back to the right. You got it, Tony. Over the top, the pass, perfect. Hit it, Allen. Cuts back to the middle. He's going to find his way home. What a play on fourth down and a touchdown. Pretty great game between the Chargers and the Lions. Lions win. They're about a 10, 10 and a half point favorite against the Bears in week 11 at Ford Field. Uh, Keenan Allen, the ageless wonder, now 31 years old. York, 73 catches, leads the NFL. Uh, on pace for. What, about 1,600 yards? It's been fantastic. About right, yeah. yeah. He's been happy. Six touchdowns on the year. Will Keenan Allen be anyone's player of the weekend? Well, let's talk about it right now. We do it every Monday at this time. We talk about our players of the weekend. Brought to you by the great folks, our friends at Total Roofing and Construction for all your roofing gutter and home improvement needs. Check out Total Roofing and Construction. Who'd you like to nominate? Well, there's a kid? couple four TD quarterbacks out there. One of them was the guy that played in that game, Justin Herbert. But I'm going to go with the oft-criticized and much maligned Dak Prescott. Okay. 404 yards, four touchdowns. I know he threw the pick, but he looked like he was in control. He had that thing done by halftime, and the, yeah. the Dallas Cowboys had it in cruise control the rest of the way. Brandon Cooks, on a side note. Yes. 
has come out to be a very productive receiver for them, exactly always, what they need. Always. Your so, career. Good for Brandon Cook. Uh, they year. traded for him, yeah. and I think that's enough getting it off of C.D. Lamb, where C.D. Lamb's been allowed to go ahead and, and make things happen also. So. Every year. I'm going to go with Jack Prescott. Another guy that's just productive. Uh, two players with over 150 receiving yards. Yeah. That's impressive. That's big. Dak was great. They had like 650 yards of offense. That Giants team is just awful. Yeah. Uh, all right, Dak, who you got, Abdallah? Oh, I can't believe Jaylen I'm going to do this. Jalen Milrow yeah, How about I can't it, believe. dude? Six touchdowns. He's got 15 touchdowns in his last four games. That's crazy. Uh, listen, he's not a Heisman. People are starting to say Heisman. No. he's not a Heisman candidate. But the Alabama just uh, locked themselves into the SEC championship game. So assuming they beat Chattanooga. Uh, on, they uh, will. And then uh, you've got Auburn uh, for the Iron Bowl. And then, of course, the SEC championship game where they are currently a four-and-a-half-point dog. Yes, to Georgia. Sick them. Uh, Black, who are you going with? All right, I'm going to select mine because I don't want to take yours, Carmen. So I'm going to give you Marvin Harrison Jr. Three <laughs> touchdowns. He had seven receptions, 149 yards. I'm going to go with the wide receiver because there was someone else uh, in town that I thought perhaps I could go with, but I didn't want to steal your pick. Connor Bedard, yeah. baby. That Is that boy, who you're going to go with? Of course. It's okay, got to right, be. Yeah. Who else could it be but Connor Bedard with four goals in his last two games? The kid is going to be a star. He's going to be a 50-goal scorer perennially, I think. Every year, Yurk, especially as he gets older and wiser and better, it's just incredible. Of course, it's Connor Bedard. Black is exactly right. There's only one answer. It's got to be Connor Bedard. A couple other guys I was thinking about. I thought you were going to go with the Bulls. The Bulls? Yeah. Only the Bulls. (laughs) What? Well, DeMar DeRozan you, had a nice game last yeah, night. I, I thought, who, what's his, They Io, beat the Pistons. They beat the Pistons. Io came off the bench, right? Did he get a yes. rare start because of an injury? I don't know. Or did he just come off the bench and get a little more playing time? I think he might have just come off well, the I bench. I saw bits and pieces, guys. I can't sit here and tell you. I watched Are the whole Are you asking us thing. to break down the Sunday night no, game between I'm the just Bulls and the Pistons? Io, Io yeah. played a little bit better than he has in the past. I think okay. they needed him a little bit more. All right, very, what, what would happen if Alabama, Texas, and Oregon all went out? Um, so Alabama has a better strength of schedule and strength of record than Oregon. Texas has the better strength of record than Alabama because they beat Alabama. Had to head on the road. Yeah, on the road. So, uh, I think that they would go with Texas. Like the question is then like, you're, you're putting in an undefeated Florida state, right? You're putting in an undefeated, um, Michigan or Ohio, Ohio State. State, one of the two. Yeah, and then you have to decide. You're either, you're going to have to decide two out of the three: you Texas, could. Oregon, or Alabama. Well, and in this scenario, Georgia's a loser. Yeah, right? Georgia lost, and their schedule's awful. So would Georgia really be out? They might be. They might be. Look at their their strength their of schedule's schedule ridiculous. is ridiculous. It, it, it's awful. the it's the same conversation for both Michigan and Georgia. Yeah, because both teams have. They played a terrible schedule. Yeah. So they have to win out to get in. I mean, like, the Oregon thing is interesting because that would mean a win, obviously. If they're going to go undefeated, they would have to beat Washington. Right? Yes. They throttled Colorado when Colorado was a top-20 team. Now, I know it might not look as good because we know what Colorado really is. They throttled Colorado. They throttled Utah on the road at Utah. Throttled them. Lost by a field goal at the gun at Washington and then would beat Washington. And when you think about how good the Pac-12 was in the non-conference, not that they had a signature win in the non-conference, but the Pac-12 was just so incredible in the non-conference. 
I wonder if they wouldn't make it Oregon. It'd be a well, fast. Could they put if what if or if, could they put in Washington and Oregon? See that to me seems unlikely, doesn't it? You've put in two SEC teams before. I would say going into last weekend, I thought Oregon and Washington are two of the best teams in the country, and they continue to look pretty good. Don't yeah, they? Week they look in good. And week out. Who would have thought that USC would have four losses, Chris, uh, when mean, he went back? They, well, they, they they don't pay any attention to the defense. None. So it's what you knew you were getting into with Lincoln Riley, and it's exactly who he is. Yeah. Hey, you're right, I guess. Mark's in Berwyn. What's up, Mark? Yeah, I'm just uh, – I, I was uh, – I've been having trouble sleeping lately, so I actually woke up at about uh, 1.30 and was able to hear uh, Yurko's uh, breakdown of the uh, – uh, high school, school football, the welcome, and, yeah. and I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I've called in only one, once or twice before, and I was a little starstruck, and I couldn't tell Yurko that I absolutely love him the most of all of you guys. Uh, and, and Carmen, I'm calling from Berwyn, so you know yes. that I love you too. Thank you, but, uh, but make sure you get to Vesekis because they're closing in January. Wait, yeah, yeah, I heard that. Vesekis is closing. Is that what you said, right? Yes, yes, that's it. And, I, and, and and I just found out uh, Benny's Pizza was closed too. Oh, it's another one. Are you kidding, Benny's Marky? Thanks, buddy. Believe it. Benny's Marky. on Twenty Sixth Street. When I was a kid, you know how many times I've eaten at Benny's? Well, yeah. we pick it up. There's that no... made my day. One guy yeah. was happy with my high school update. One that guy made my was day. happy with it. Benny's Pizza's closing. That's sad. I had, I've sad. eaten Benny's Pizza as a kid a thousand times. I'm going to make a special stop at Vasecki's one morning. I'll bring in pastries for you guys. Yeah, because they're closing. Stop in, Carm. Oh, and give me it's a another baguette. place. My it mom would bread. take us Bring with my grandma bread. when we were kids. Fresh bread for me. Fresh bread, okay. Yeah, not even an Italian bakery. Think about how good it is. Yeah. We went. It's a Polish bakery. We went all right. the time. And then stop at a deli and give me some meat. All right. All right. Jeff's on in fifty-five. Just make him a sandwich. <laughs> make him a whole sandwich, really, and and dessert. What's going on, Jeff? Jeff, talk to us. Yeah. What's going on, I'm Jeff? Here. Yeah, go ahead. You're on. Jeff. I had a thought, comment. Yeah. Carmen, you're an analytics guy. Yurko, you're about maximizing your picks. Yep. With these increasingly looking like the Bears are going to be taking a quarterback in the new regime and everything, these first-round quarterbacks, it's a 50-50 shot. Find someone who falls in love with a Trey Lance or a Mitch Trubisky. Let them trade up and take the quarterback that's left over and stay with having two first-round picks the following year. Yeah. If you don't get it right, you still got another one. Interesting. Like, just let somebody else fall in love and then take the other guy. That's an interesting thought, Jeff. I mean, you would hate to be wrong, but that's interesting. Because, yeah, the guy that went after Trubisky, I think he's pretty good. The guy that went after Bryce Young, looks like he's going to be pretty good. That's an interesting kind of take. Now, sometimes the top guy's good. Peyton Manning was a hell of a lot better than Ryan Leaf. Yes. You got to do your job. Yes. It's what it comes. Ryan Poles can you, can someone up there finally get it right? And can you analyze it properly and do your job and pick the right guy if they're in a position to do that next April? Crosstalk with Waddle and Sylvie coming up. We're back in two minutes. Yurko has the final word. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final word. You had to have the last word on Carmen and Yurko. Give out many five star blue plate specials, but this week, today, and today only, today only. on Monday, you for free? before we get into the week, <laughs> the play is, and you're going to have to look it up. Okay. Bears money line. Bears money line. Boy, Bears it's be money like line. Plus 700. Bears money line. Stop the laughter over on that side.